Football's coming home. Again, I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say football's coming home. One more goddamn time. Black. Go on. He's bald. Does he look like a bitch? Football's coming home. Does he look like a bitch? We've seen it all before. They just know they're so sure. Hello and welcome to the 208th edition of the Burst Ball. And this is the fourth week of our World Cup specials. We are joined by regular Johnny Clark. Hi uh, Tom, how you doing? It's, uh, it's good to be here in the semi-finals. It's not too bad, is it? But you're uh, eclipsed by a special, special guest. Globetrotter Matthew Findlay. <laughs> Oof. Har- Har- Harlem Glo- Globetrotter, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I'm back. Thanks very much for having me on, Tom. I had to ask a few times for the World Cup specials, and worried if I'd even get a place on the on the, a place on the plane. But uh, I've made it. Despite uh, <laughs> finally wore us despite, down. Yeah, despite despite coming back from holiday yesterday. So mm-hmm. also, where have you been? Uh, I was in Italy, and then I was in Barcelona. Nice. So, um, but I've managed to watch all the football. Hence, why I'm still able to talk about it. Uh, priorities. <laughs> Good. Good, good, and then we shall start with the football. Uruguay nil, France two. Rafa Varane and Antoine Griezmann getting the goals. Johnny, what did you make of this game? Um, yeah, I thought France were really, really impressive actually. Um, considering that they came through the groups without really doing too much uh, in the way of exciting anybody, I thought they were really good. Um, Uruguay were a bit, a bit disappointing, but with the mess, missing Cavani, big time. Um, mm-hmm. You see how he he is a world class player. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the game against Portugal, he was practically playing three possessions at once. He was roaring up and down the pitch, and half the time when when Portugal were on the attack, he was the deepest man back. He was playing left back, and then obviously the the, the interchange, the interplay with, with Suarez is telepathic. Yeah, we've seen that for his his goal against Portugal, obviously where he whips it out and then gets in the end of it to sort of chin one in. Um, so he was obviously a huge mess, and it's it's not great when you're replacing with Stuani, who you know when you're replacing a world class player with probably a middle of the road La Liga player, La Liga striker. Had a good season last year. Yeah, I seen that. I seen his, his record was good, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, he is maybe it's a little bit harsh, but he is kind of not Girona or a middle of the road team. And, yeah, yeah. Um, he's not. He's not going to be able to replace Cavani. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, and it, it, not even anything through his ability, but just trying to replace that relationship as well between Suarez mm-hmm. and Cavani is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how good Stamani is or isn't. Um, but France, yeah, I was really impressed with France. They were very comfortable, really, um, despite being quite slow at the box at the start. Scored off some of their first shot on target. Um, they're my favourites for the World Cup, though. Uh, France, I think they'll they'll go all the way. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they're. Uh, quite unfortunate in 2016 uh, to get shit-housed by Portugal in the final, which was mm-hmm. admirable. They seem um, to have got over that it. sort of be, being able to be shit-housed, because Uruguay are fairly yeah. similar outfit to Portugal. That's probably a good sign, isn't it, Matt, this win? Uh, definitely, yeah. I think um, if you look back to the like the start of the France campaign, obviously there was much made about their team, how they could arguably put two two teams out you know two separate teams out and had a chance of winning the tournament so um, their players have just came about at the right time I think defensively they've been pretty solid you know 
they had a fairly routine group, but they had to they had to dig deep and uh, and the last sixteen tie um, against Argentina was was well it was for me one of the most exciting games of the tournament. But then you know you you were able to see despite I mean Griezmann had a fairly quiet game despite scoring, but then Mbappe you saw the real Mbappe you saw like why he's the, hot, the hottest property in, in the world just now and it's really it was it's really exciting to see France playing but the, you saw a different side of them they were able to contain a, a Uruguay team obviously it helped by the fact that there was, there was no Cavani um, but they were able to contain do the right thing relied on their goalkeeper when they had to but then obviously then Varane scores and um, it's all it was all just a, it was just a, a very good performance from them uh, against a team who, who I fancied to go quite deep in the competition. Just touch a wee bit on that Argentina game, the Argentina-France game, we've not covered it in a podcast, but I think this game deserves a special mention. How good was Mbappe and how good will he be, Johnny? Uh, I think he'll be the best player in the world. Um, one day I think he'll win several Ballon d'Ors. For me, I can see him eclipsing Neymar. Um, I just think he's well against Argentina. We're top of that game. His pace was electric. Obviously, Argentina kind of let him play his own game, mm-hmm. but it, for that first goal it was ridiculous pace um, and, and and skill, and then obviously the composure as well that he's got. Something that is really really rare for that age to be that composed and finish the the chance that he got like he did in uh, the second. I think it was the second, uh, the one where he, he tucks it across the keeper. And then obviously the the other goal that he scores, it's maybe not the greatest bit of goalkeeping, but it's it's still a difficult it's difficult for the keeper because his first touch is so perfect. And I said as soon as he took that first touch, it, it was a goal. I said goal, and then obviously this this the shot wasn't fantastic, but it's just the the awareness he has to take that touch. It's almost impossible to touch him after after he takes it. He's really clever, really fast, skillful. Even against Uruguay, when he got on the ball, you sensed something was going to happen. Um, it wasn't quite his best game, but you still sensed something was going to happen when he when he was in possession. So, Matt, will uh, Uruguay be much of a miss to the tournament? Um, yes, I think they have been. I think um, they. I I was really impressed with them. Like it took a bit of time, obviously, in the group stages. It was, it was, a, it was a late winner, wasn't it, against Iran? No. Not Iran. Um, sorry, who was it? Saudi Arabia. So is it Saudi Arabia? Egypt. Sorry, it was Egypt. They scored the late winner. Uh, the, um, but then I think they came into the tournament. Uh, even against Russia, when all the hype was all of a sudden about Russia, they they disposed of them pretty comfortably. Um, it's different because I I don't normally like Uruguay, despite the fact they've got very good players. I still don't forgive Suarez for uh, knocking out. Um, Asmo Jan's uh, Ghana in 2010 but um, he talked about shithousing I think that was up there but no I I really enjoyed it I, I felt really bad actually f- towards the end of the France game because there was at one point was it Godin like basically like was it Mbappe that went down diving um, and Godin kind of just like yeah. like smacked him one basically saying like get up you know like what yeah. are doing and then and then right at the very end you saw the free kick and it was Jimenez I think in the wall was like crying and I actually felt really sorry for them at that point I just felt like you know it should mean it obviously means so much to them but as a country like footballing Asian you've got to remember I think their population's 
something ridiculous. It's not, it's not three million, less, I think. Three million, three and a half yeah. million yeah. yeah, and they're apparently like really forward thinking with their their football and all that, and like as a, as a country, like quite a developing country. So it's actually good to to see them and that like producing these brilliant players and. Uh, you know, you may feel that this is a last chance for some of them, perhaps mm-hmm. even Suarez and uh, uh, Cavani and so on. But really, they had a very good tournament. I think they brought a lot to the tournament, much more than what they were expected to, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they do seem to have a conveyor belt of talent, which just goes well and above beyond what you'd expect from a country that size. I don't mm-hmm. want to make the obvious comparison to Scotland, but. It does hurt a wee bit when you see a team or a country of that size performing that well, Johnny. Yeah, I suppose there's something different with Uruguay as well, though, because they've got such a massive history of football, obviously hosting and winning the first ever <coughs> World Cup and then winning in Brazil in 1950 as well. They've got like, a massive... And I must say we don't have a huge history of football, obviously we do, but it's a bit different from Iceland or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously their population is still 10 times bigger than Iceland, ridiculously. <laughs> the second smallest nation there in terms of population they're still ten times bigger than Iceland mm-hmm. but it's you know it's not a, a a kind of Iceland story that you know it's ridiculous that they're there Scotland aren't sort of thing mm-hmm. or well obviously there's tons of reasons why they are there because their coaching's fantastic and their mentality's incredible as well uh, mixed in with the golden generation but yeah I suppose like I say they've got a huge football and history as well Uruguay which helps um but I don't think anything will ever make the feeling of Scotland not qualifying for a World Cup <laughs> in the first 25 years of my life anything more bearable. So, yeah, I don't think anything in Uruguay I do is going to upset me anymore, to be honest. <laughs> the thing, speaking of things that might um, ruin your first 25 years on the planet, England are through to the semi-finals after beating Sweden 2-0. <laughs> Matt, is football coming home? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, poop. I, I'm yeah. currently I'm currently sitting on the BBC Sport FIFA World Cup page, and there's a photo of Gareth Southgate, um, four England players, <laughs> Bobby Bobby Robson, uh, Gary Lineker. Oh, they're they're just obsessed, honestly, and mm. I get it. But you know, come on, um, I have the fear it may come home. Oh, in fact, no. I, I refuse to even say that term. Football's coming home because, let's be honest, it's it's not their it's not their sport. It's a Scottish sport. <laughs> um, no, I. Um, but someone was, I was actually listening to Sport Sound uh, yesterday, and they were saying uh, someone tweeted in saying, "Well, football's coming home. Park Thistle must have to get ready because they hosted the first opening. It was the well, the area of Partick hosted the the first ever match in Scotland, mm-hmm. England international. So." Um, no, I it was November eighteen seventy two. That knowledge, unless you've that written, knowledge, why, why have you written that? Have you written that down? No. No. Oh, well done. Um, oh my god! What sickening bit knowledge! There's gonna be a knock at your door when this podcast released. <laughs> oh god! Um, sorry, we got off topic here. Um, no, I. I have the fear that they, I think they're going to go all the way just because I think a team will come on to soon Croatia I think might be dead on their feet they have had a, mm. an easier run we know that but mm. to be honest they, they've earned it I've actually enjoyed watching England as a team uh, if I'm looking at it objectively which I never do when it comes to England obviously 
Um, they've actually been a good team to watch. Gareth Southgate himself has them, you know, sorted. He, he, you know, there's a lot made at the start about like he was he gave them a lot of freedom as a team to just go out and enjoy themselves. Like, you know, it wasn't like they were locked up in a like behind walls with rushing guards at, like normal tournaments. Um, I think he he get he get, he seems to get it. He's obviously played and been part of like heartbreaking teams. They have an exciting team, but I think in the games that I've actually seen them in, like Sweden, they were very comfortable in. I was impressed with them there in terms of how they were able to, com- you know, combat any sort of Swedish attack, which was was fairly limited. Um, Colombia, they were got away with it. They were, I think, because they weren't, they were controlling, but Colombia were just dire, absolutely dire, uh, and tried to just kick them off the ball. And then I even thought, like, when it went to extra time, they obviously recovered, but they, they were a whisk away from going out of the tournament. They're not the best team left. I still think Croatia are a better team, but I fear that, as I said, I think they're going to, they might just have too much for a, a tired Croatia. Mm. When you strip it all down, they are actually really quite exciting to watch at times, and their corner mm-hmm. teams are quite exciting, eh, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, I think what they've scored three goals from open play but out of the 11 that they scored in, a th- in three penalties as well but um, as Matt pretty much said there I think well my takeaways from the, this this England team is that I think out of the four left overall in the tournament they've probably been more impressive than France I think they've had a better tournament than Croatia as well as that is probably a bit harsh on Croatia who have not actually obviously lost a game they won all their group games I just think England seem to be more well balanced <laughs> solid um, maybe better managed than Croatia because Croatia can they've got Rakitic Modric Brozovic Kovacic in the midfield mm-hmm. and, and Perisic and they still can't dominate a midfield and keep possession properly and, and not even against Russia you know it's just and nor no against Denmark either they never seem to be in control of either game properly, which um, I think England. I actually missed the Sweden game because I was working at Falkirk yesterday. But um, mm. the against Colombia, they they were in control for at least spells of the game, quite a lot of the game. Um, same against Tunisia, they just dictated the dictated the play. Um, so I think they they are probably a better side overall. I know what Matt's saying because I think Croatia have definitely got the better individual talent uh, talents. I've just listed off about five mm-hmm. of them there. And then you've obviously got that Mandzukic to add to that, and uh, Vedrinchar look at the back uh, to add to that as well. So <laughs> you know they've got some good players. Um, I worry that they will be dead in their feet for Salkov injured. Um, Subasic was <clears throat> was basically I don't know what happened to him at the end of that game. Uh, keeper mm-hmm. was basically playing with a pulled hamstring or something. Um, or maybe it's just cramp but and Mandzukic as well was keeled over for about the 70th minute so I worry about their fitness um, but in terms of Southgate I think he's been really refreshing for England and I really do like him mm-hmm. um, he's just the first ever England manager that I've known in my lifetime that's understood England's limitations He he knows they're not they don't have the best squad at the tournament. He's realistic. He knows how other teams are going to play. Importantly, he does not underestimate anybody. He says against Sweden, look, we know what Sweden are going to do. We know 
how they're going to play and this is how what we're going to do to stop it and he's a really intelligent guy I've been really really um, impressed with him mm. he seems to have sort of borrowed a lot from Klopp Guardiola Pochettino and the way he plays and it makes for quite an interesting combination of styles because it's not quite clearly one or the other <laughs> whereas when you think of those three managers um, there's, they've all got their quite clear structures but he borrows from borrows from all of them makes it quite interesting Matt have England had the easiest ever route. I'll read it out. This is from St. Mirren oh, ba- Banter to get to the final. So this is including qualifying here. Oh, I, I know what you're saying. I've seen it earlier on. <laughs> Scotland, Slovakia, Slovenia, Lithuania, Malta, Tunisia, Panama, Colombia, Sweden. And uh, that's the teams they've beaten. And they've had uh, England, uh, Belgium's B team as well along the way. In fairness, it was their B team too. Yeah. Is that the easiest ever route to a World Cup, fi- uh, World Cup um, semi-final? I, I don't actually know because I'm, I I would probably make an argument for another year I think I, I don't know what exact year though mm-hmm. I think um, if you remember well 1994 if I well obviously I was too young to remember the tournament but um, there were uh, that year Sweden and Bulgaria were in the semi-finals so mm-hmm. I, it'd be interesting to see what their route the routes were because I'd imagine uh, obviously Whoever had to go up against them, uh, each each time, obviously would have been a favourite going into it. Um, I think Sweden not beat Germany in the quarterfinals. I, I can't. I can't remember. Could be wrong. Um, could I, be I, wrong. I, yeah. I think um, I'm, I'm sure there probably have been easier routes in time, given the mm. fact that the tournaments expanded over the years and that. But um, certainly, it is. I mean, I expected a lot more at Colombia, as I think most of us did. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not having Hamas just completely chucked their game plan out because he, he was their game plan and then they just decided right, we're going to be dirty, big dirty bastards and just kick everyone headbutt everyone and it nearly paid off <laughs> but you know I mean new, you can only beat the teams in front of you that's the reality of football we know that mm-hmm. in any season there will be whether it's Champions Leagues FA Cup runs um, Scottish Cup if you want to go like there you know there's going to be easier routes for certain teams when the big guns get knocked out Sweden did their bit they knocked they, they knocked out Germany all got beat, beaten by them they finished top of their group they hammered uh, Mexico a good, a good team um, they've, they, abs- they absolutely earned that I mean they were the Swi- they were it was a pretty terrible match against Switzerland so um, England have had it Easier, but as I said, I mean, you only need to beat the teams. I think what I think what's different this year for England than it has been for other tournaments, possibly or qualifications, even is that, well, more so tournaments is even like against Panama, as Johnny alluded to a minute ago, when Southgate doesn't underestimate anyone. Like mm-hmm. Panama are pretty unpredictable going into the tournament, but they were essentially gone by the time they played England. It just didn't bother turning up, and England did their job professionally as they should have, and shoot and scored six goals against them. Mm-hmm. Um, Belgium, the B team, you know, it wasn't anything. I, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the, uh, uh, their, their B team getting re- revenge on the Belgium B team though in the third place playoff. I <laughs> <laughs> nobody's caring about the match. Um, uh, they, they've had it easier, but as I said, they, they can only beat what's in front of you. And if they, and if they earn the place in the final, they've earned it. That's reality of mm-hmm. it. <clears throat> Yeah, the good thing is if they do get to the final, they will have to beat a good team. Their luck will end there, I think. Yeah. Not that Croatia aren't a good team, but I think Brazil and Belgium are probably... Yeah. Eh, eh, Belgium and France even. Probably yeah. a step above Croatia, Johnny. 
Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I think Croatia are lacking a bit tactically, as I said earlier. I don't know how they can't dominate midfield with those that many. But it's the best, possibly the best midfield on paper in international football, and they just can't seem to hold the ball. Um, they can't seem to get Modric, who's one of the finest passers in world football, passing properly. Mm-hmm. But I think, obviously, you've seen from Croatia when they just dismantled Argentina. Now, I'm not saying that's sort of any sign of brilliance, obviously, with Argentina being quite poor at this tournament, mm-hmm. but it still shows you that they're better playing teams that are willing to attack. So if England do attack them, then we, we know Croatia can be very, very lethal. Um, and another thing is that the way England set up, it's basically a 5-1-2-1 sort of thing, or 5-1-3-1, sorry, um, where they have Henderson and then obviously Ali, Sterling and, uh, and uh, Lingard, who are not really mucking it about. So if it's just Henderson sitting in front of that defence, mm-hmm. you can imagine Croatia have the opportunity to dominate possession and dominate the game. Um, whether they'll take it I don't know um, but you think that the onus is on them with England playing this this five at the back and mm-hmm. as Southgate said at the start of the tournament there, there's no plan B you, you literally said at the start of the tournament England will play this formation no matter what there's no plan B so Christian know how they're going to set up they know how they should set up they know how they should dominate the midfield I just don't I personally don't think they can execute it but um yeah, I suppose we'll we'll find out on Wednesday, but I think the higher quality semi will be on Tuesday. Mm. Do you think they'll bring Eric Dyer in to maybe give Henderson a wee bit of support in there? Mm. Well, who do uh, take who do take out so? Exactly. Yeah, I don't think he will. Dyer looked really ropey against Colombia as well. Against <coughs> Colombia, uh, he came on. It just was <laughs> not up to the pace of the game. I don't think really. Then obviously mm-hmm. scored the winning penalty, yeah. but. Um, I don't know. Like Matt says, who would you take out, Ali or something? But uh, I, I don't know. Ali, I wasn't. I know he scored, but I wasn't actually that impressed with Ali the other night. Um, well, yes, yeah, so sorry. I thought he, he 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 did better, but like everyone was criticising Sterling, which right rightly so to a point in terms of his finishing. But you looked at everything else he was doing, his off the ball or his movement for, you know, f- setting up attacks. It was his best game I'd seen him have certainly. But he was getting criticised because again he was. Um, because he'd missed the two chances, especially the second one. I think he was the. Uh, he tr- I think he tried to round the keeper. I think I can't. Mm. Yeah. So it's England's team is exciting, and I mean, you look at it on paper. I mean, we see these players more than what we see. Well, like most of the teams left, like Belgium and England, are obviously just full of Premier League quality, and Dedrick Royata, of course. Um, but um, you know. We we will we do see these English players every week in the Premier League, and it, it, we know what their capabilities are. We know that Kane is pro, is arguably the best centre for one of the best centre forwards in the world. Um, he's got a fairly inexperienced team behind him in terms of caps, but they're they're clicking. And as Johnny said earlier on, Southgate's found the balance. He's found a system that works for them, and if they go all the way, then he deserves immense credit for getting very good you get getting good players into an exceptional achievement reality of it mm. thinking about this today Johnny um, and I doubt Southgate would leave his job now and I, I don't think that's the plan at all but Jesus. if he were to leave not not to be sacked it would be in a um, a blaze of glory 
where what sort of level do you think he could go to? Because this was someone who'd only managed, I think he'd only managed Middlesbrough before, and um, they're coming yeah. into the sort of England mm-hmm. youth setup and ending the first job, uh, first team job. Um, I don't know. I can't see him accepting him. Mm. Sort of underneath the top six in the in the Premier League, really. Mm. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Obviously, you can't really base it off seven matches, but his understanding of youth and you know, as I said before, just understanding the limitations, understanding the opposition as well. He's so so clever. At, mm-hmm. He just doesn't underestimate. It's the first time I've ever known an England team who go into games and they're not thinking right. Oh, it's just Sweden. We'll, we'll have these lot. You know, he's he's intelligent and he's wise to a lot of situations he knows how teams are going to play he doesn't, there's nothing unexpected with him um, I would be interested to see how he would manage a team filled with stars though this is an England team that are you're, you're probably one or you've either arguably you've got one or two world class players Kane's is world class but he is a total complete professional footballer mm-hmm. like he's, he's just the most out and out pro you'll ever you'll ever find, um, and then you've got Sterling who <clears throat> is, you know, a bit. I don't know. He's he's still. I th- and in in that Guardiola team last season, there's no doubt he was world class. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a bit different from Kane potentially. I still th- he's obviously still a hard worker, but if he had players who were, I don't know, maybe, like you know, ten years ago they were maybe a bit more of a difficult team to manage England. I think is mm-hmm. what I'm probably trying to say here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be interesting if he did have a lot of <coughs> star players who would probably not be willing to, to play the sort of system he does. It's quite mm-hmm. a rigid sort of, sort of system yeah. as well. I don't know if they would be willing to, to set up with, with five at the back. Yeah. I, um, I, I, don't, I don't think the egos are there in the same level as they've been yeah. before. Um, and as you said, I mean, he, Southgate does get it. He's played the game for that nation. Like he's, he's, you know, he's actually... He's he's came through the good times and the bad times with him, but and he and he, under, he has that understanding of youth, and he was thrown into it at the deep end. I mean, I think everyone laughed at it when he kept the job, but you know who who wanted it? I mean, it was Allardyce, you know, and he mm-hmm. messed it up for himself. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine that Allardyce just wouldn't have got that. We just know he wouldn't have got that out of the team that he has. He would have still been picking Rooney, and really get respect to Rooney. He's finished as a well as a top level player now. Um, but then you know he's taken a chance on like Harry Maguire, who's who's a very good player. But you know, at Leicester, you know, at, you know last Leicester last season were up and down, um, and then even Kieran Trippier, he's just found an amazing dead ball specialist all of a sudden, like or just crosser of the ball in general, you know. And he's taking a chance on these boys playing them as a playing them as a wing back and playing Ashley Young, you know. Like again, I mean, I, I find it incredible that Ashley Young has got to this level still. Uh, and still playing like very good football so he you know whatever happens I think Southgate does deserve a lot of credit and if if they go out on if they go out on Wednesday I'm sure they'll go out fighting but you know let's just hope they do go out because uh, <laughs> after all that, after all that, after all that talking them up you know <laughs> to be fair though I'd like I'd like to see Croatia go all the way given I think most of us we've all kind of grew up the last Five years growing up with this kind of golden generation of, well, Croatia players, that you know mm. it's the, it's their last chance. It's uh, Modric's last chance, probably. It was definitely Mandzukic's, you know, and to go on the and you saw him at the end of the Russia game, he was dead on his feet. There's no way he can go another four years. Um, 
or be there in four years time but um, it's uh, it's exciting it's exciting end to the tournament I think though because mm. I think anyone any one of them could win it mm. the European Cup just the four <laughs> European nations left cream rises to the top um, an all Russian affair Russia 2 Croatia 2 the hosts finally bow- bowing out on penalties Johnny yeah, this was another one where I think the second half of the, the 90 minutes wasn't great, to be honest. But the extra time was just brilliant. Um, I said Croatia were completely dead in their feet. Um, and their keeper was, was dead. Versalco was off injured. And there was about three candidates to come off injured, to be honest. But they played through it. Yeah, a bit of a fluky header. Because he kind of just nodded it down mm. anywhere. And it, it sneaked in. Uh, then the atmosphere in Russia scored was just fantastic and in a way when they scored that equaliser I was thinking Russia v England semi-final would just be in a way I think it kind of would have been harder than Croatia for England Mm. it's a totally different game to have to play England are just playing Croatia on on Wednesday night they would have been playing Russia and a full massive stadium filled with really a country that didn't even expect to have a team that they were going to be proud of at all and they've, they've now got one that's just been you know giving them memories for a lifetime so you know I just think it would have been a totally different battle and you, you hear it when, when Russia were on the attack the whole stadium was just completely buzzing Can you compare the atmosphere there to the, the Saudi Arabia game it's completely different it's just euphoric atmosphere and I think that would have been a totally different battle and I was quite sorry to see Russia go because they, w- they were a real asset a real addition mm-hmm. to the tournament they were really good to watch and I think um, I don't know maybe people are just saying or maybe it is just the home support because you're looking at the team there are a few good players in that team there are um, Golovan will go, go far I think I think he'll mm-hmm. um, Looks like he's he already been somewhere. linked with Juventus has he? Yeah, in Arsenal. Yeah, Venice so look like it's more concrete though. Yeah, so he, he he's going to go far, and then I think mm-hmm. I think they've also got a couple of players. But when you've got Ignasevich at centre half, who's mm-hmm. thirty nine, and they've they've not really got even a top range Russian Premier League striker, eh, mid, mm-hmm. uh, centre half, sorry. Um, and then Zuban and uh, Smolov, who have been kind of hit and miss for the last since the last World Cup mm-hmm. I think Juba's playing with um, I can't remember he's down the, down the league maybe Arsenal Tula or something like that mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly um, so you know it's it's not a team filled with talent but the spirit is it was just remarkable and it was really mm-hmm. energising to watch mm-hmm. it's annoying we don't have one of the edgier boys on the podcast I'm looking at Ryan Kemp Clickhauer right, climbing drugs yeah because there's I was going to say um, it, but I can't, I can't deal with it. Mm, rife with conspiracy theories that the Russian players, like their Olympic compatriots, may or may not be it's doping just... Matt Finlay. I'll let you take this one, because I don't want the bullets of the post. <laughs> I, I don't really... I've not really looked into it too much, to be honest. I think it just comes now with Russian mm. athletes that maybe a few of them are, are going to be doping. Um, I mean, <laughs> if... if um, how do you say it? the centre half uh, Ignasevich? Is that you say his name? Mm. Yeah. yeah. See, see the one that he banged in his penalty. It was an absolute peach. 
Mm. Was it? Mm. Ah, he was, yeah, yeah, Spain as well. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that players. I mean, they they've done incredibly well. Look, there's no doubt, and um, uh, I think, you know, that they, they deserve a lot of credit. And as Johnny kind of alluded to, I, well, I mean, I, I'm not going to touch the drugs debate. Um, I, certainly, I don't think Igor Akinfayev has been on, uh, given the fact his his dismal record. I I used to rate him so highly over the years like and he's obviously CSK in Moscow he's just been an ever present for them but when you look at his record in Europe like he just kind of concede he just always concedes goals it's, it's like a horrendous record he has in, in Europe um, and he's he's flat I mean he, he was the hero against Spain no doubt but he's still and still quite dodgy I think mm. he, he's going to probably keep playing though I think he's like 34 even I think he, he may be a little bit younger than that mm. but um, you, you look at their team that they, you know, it was aging throughout as we knew before. Nobody gave them the hope in hell. I didn't. I had them out in the groups in every predictor, so that uh, cost me. Um, but yeah, they should be incredibly proud um, of their achievements, given given all the kind of everything that goes on day to day with with Russia as a like as a as we know, like with pol- politics and and so on. You know, it's quite refreshing to actually see like. Than being able to put that to side and say, look, we're the football team, we're going to try and get the nation behind us just for four, well, two weeks or four weeks, um, however long we've now been in the tournament. So um, they they should be immensely proud of themselves, actually. Um, and I hope I hope they get the credit, like like in their like in their actual homeland. I mean, I, I'm let's be honest, I'm not going to care once the tournament's done, but um, it kind of it kind of you get. You get the impression that it, it it still could turn on them as if to say, look, well, you've reached the quarterfinals, but why didn't you go through? Um, but it was a what a bounce when they scored the um, uh, the goal with, with a few minutes left in the stadium because I thought they were finished. But um, and they could have even actually gone on and nicked it at the end because the Croatian players were were dead on their feet and they had an extra spring in their step. But mm-hmm. penalt- penalties is. <sighs> I mean, people say it's a lottery. There is still a skill to it, obviously. They've still got to take nerves. And I don't know... I can't remember. Who was it that missed the first penalty again for Russia? Smolov. Yeah, oh, I don't know what he's playing at. I've never seen a Penenka dink to the left or to the right. You know, they always just... Oh, it's like, why don't you just dink it down the middle if you're going to do it? But that that in itself put pressure on his teammates because they see that and they think, right, we're up against it already. You know, and then they've all now got to go and score their penalty. And... It didn't quite work out that way, but fair play to them because they took a, a very good Croatia side, in my opinion, a very good Croatia side all the way. Um, and this should be this. Sh- this should go home. Should go home. I was going to say go home happy, but they are home, so they should be happy. <laughs> so Johnny, unlike brother Finlaysevic, will you be able to stick your neck on the line and say Russia are doping? Oh, are you, you trying to get me arrested I forgot, or something? I, I forgot that was the original question, actually. <laughs> nah, it would be it would be so obvious. You can't you can't just host the World Cup two years after getting done for drugs in the Olympics and then just dope. It would be the most obvious thing ever. There's no way they wouldn't get found out, especially with football's doping. It's almost like, impossible what, for them to what could it, what could it, what could possibly be a performing answer for footballers? Like, well, there, there obviously are some. Yeah, but like. Yeah, but look at the goals they scored as well. Like, uh, the drugs yeah, get that clipped header and get clipped the ball into the box for a header or the penalty against Spain. <laughs> drugs help. No, drugs help the, you make the runs and make the space. Hey, the build-up play for the fir- for the opening goal actually was brilliant. 
Actually. The thing is, like, the only... I, I don't know. I, the only thing that they've, they've obviously seen was the, the distances run in the first two games. I think Russia versus Saudi was the longest distance in any of any team. And then Russia against uh, Egypt was the third highest in the group stage, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously against Uruguay was like the fifth lowest or something because they had a red card. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just the nature of the games. It's the opening game of the World Cup and you're the host. You're going to mm-hmm. be running all. Yeah. And I think it's just the way Saudi Arabia play as well because Saudi Arabia were kind of slow in possession and they had a really, 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 really slow centre-half. So God, it's kind of easy to play. <laughs> they chased the ball a lot and then obviously try to take, take advantage of the the slow centre-halves. Um, so I don't know. I think it's... I've not seen any statistics from... I think I did see the statistics from their Spain game and they ran like nine kilometres further or something. But again, you expect that. Spain are not running. They're, they're controlling the ball. Um, so it's a lot through style. I just, as I said, there's no way you would get away with it. This just, it just wouldn't be possible. Yeah, they, got, they, bought, they, managed to, they managed to buy the World Cup, so... Yeah. We'll see how... Yeah. Um, Croatian half Vida. Matt, does he have the worst haircut? Oh, it's horrendous. Oh, it's horrendous. Oh, it's just... <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's, I don't know what that... I don't know what you'd call it. I could not get that in my, my barber anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, because you'd have to have a ponytail first. Yes. You'd I have to yeah, have long hair. Obviously, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was, I was just going to glue your head up. I was trying to get to that, but it's, it's a good job. He's, actually really playing quite, he's playing well, yeah, so you can't really fault him for that I suppose but um, yeah it's, it's not it's a, a cute little Barnet has got um, can I just make a point about Croatia um, there was nine players going in that game on bookings out of their whole squad and four got booked in the game and it was none of them like none of their players because they were obviously all facing a suspension if they got booked yeah. and, and they all seemed to avoid a suspension now, I think yeah I've seen that yeah, as well there's, there's four bookings Lovren, Vida Sternich and uh, Pivaret uh, how do you say his name? Is it? Pivaric. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was a sub, so it was. Um, it, it just, I mean, they got they also got a bit of luck with that, so they've got a more or less a full team going in, into that England game, which apart from the crippled players. Yeah, the well, time. yeah, yeah. They're all they're all. Maybe sure, Luca might actually get a a, a good run out. <laughs> you don't mess with Charles Luca. He's got 102 caps. He's not there. I think, to he, play was, games. I think, I think he was trying to claim that goal. It went through his legs, didn't it? I don't think they cared who scored it, to be honest. I wouldn't either. Did you see that uh, the bet that that guy had on the Scottish guy? Um, he was waiting on um, oh, who was it? it? Was Perisic to score from outside the box for one hundred and forty-one grand? Because um, he, he, he had like it was a, a, an accumulator of like Griezmann to score outside the box. Deli Ali scored a header. Daft things like that. It was just mm-hmm. no, sorry, um, not Deli Ali. Um, Maguire. Uh, yeah, Maguire. He scored it, yeah. And then um, it was like a, a, a five-fold or four-fold. It was, just, it was like a quid, a quid on it. And then uh, Perisic got hooked. And I, I just, in the 60th minute, and I was devastated for the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Johnny, you mentioned Croatia's creative qualities. Will Pickford be able to keep them out in the semi-final? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know where this is going. 
I suppose if he's making more average saves, then he might be keeping them out. <laughs> what do you mean average saves, Johnny? <laughs> Just want to say the the second save is and the, the first and the second saves that he made of those three. Really the most overhyped thing I've ever seen in the history of football. The <laughs> <laughs> thing I said yesterday was at the game, at the Falkirk game, and I seen Twitter just explode. I was like, right, Pickford's done something incredible here. And I was quite surprised to see that he'd saved the shot that was directed straight at him um, and was rolling along the floor. And uh, the first one, I was surprised to see him save a header at his near post from mm. seven yards away with was right as the perfect height that you could possibly have asked for. Um, the third save was good. The first save was very good, but it probably hit, it was probably hitting the bar anyway, so I'm not giving him any credit for that either. Uh, <laughs> but overall, I think Pickford has had a decent tournament and he has um, sort of silenced a few doubters. Um, I still think he's got a mistake in him, and I do think that that performance was... I'd, obviously, as I said, I don't know, maybe his distribution was incredible. Uh, I think I actually listened to an interview with Southgate. He said he thought his distribution was really good, so maybe there was that side to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe he just commanded his box really well. But those three saves... I mean, I, I was expecting... From Twitter, I was I was expecting a David Seaman moment. I was expecting him to have genuinely hooked one off his own line or, or a, a René Hagita or something like that. So you're saying, Johnny, Twitter sensationalised something. What I'm going to say is I would have saved all three. (laughs) Okay, maybe not the third, but that would have saved itself. You can't reach the crossbar, never mind. Tip one over. (laughs) (laughs) Six foot one. (laughs) I would have tipped that over. Uh, um, I think... I think it has been. I think it has been sensationalised. Yeah, and for me, even a save like Larissa against Uruguay, that was an absolute yeah. staggering save. It really was because when you look at that, I look at that save and I think less than twenty-five percent of keepers in the world would have saved that, and that's what makes it a really, really good save. And I think if Pickford lets in the first one or the second one then there's serious, serious questions being asked. Because he's going to have to have made a massive mistake to have not saved either of those shots. Mm. The third one, as I say, is a, is a good save. Because he can't really see it and he tips it over the bar. Um, <clears throat> from point blank range, it's a really good stop. But there's massive questions asked if he lets in. Surely if he lets in those, one at first or the second. Um, I don't want to sound like Gary Neville here too much. No, but, um <laughs> He hates all goalkeepers. And what yeah, what was he yeah. honestly talking about um, when he when he said uh, Subic should have saved that shot? The, the ball, the uh, Zuba passes it to um, Cherishev, and Cherishev takes one touch from behind the defender, rifles it from thirty yards, and it just about mm-hmm. skims the bar on the way in. Yeah. And what world is he? He's not even going to be set for it. Okay, his position isn't great, but. Why would he be expecting a shot for a start? Mm. And then it's an absolute rocket that just hits the bar. And he says it's two metres inside the post. Um, <laughs> that's a kind of off point, but Bilic has shown Neville up big time at this oh, tournament. Yeah. Really yeah. You has. See, you saw him yesterday, actually. He was explaining the goal, the second goal. Uh, 
No, I was it. Bellish was criticising the defence, wasn't he, for the, the setup for the free kick? But then Neville was trying to come back, saying they were they were playing like two banks almost for, of, of the yeah. way they're defending. But I was like, Bellish is on. He's done a pretty decent job with that Croatia team over the years. I think he kind of knew what they were trying to do. Mm. But um, so, do you look forward to Jordan Pickford picking up the Golden Glove over Hugo Lloris, Johnny? <laughs> even if even if England get knocked out on Wednesday and France go through, <laughs> uh, gets a Golden Glove for one clean sheet so far. <sighs> Couldn't he keep one out against Panama. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't think there's much he could have done with the Panama and then the also yeah. penalty against Tunisia. Yeah. But then against Belgium, I suppose he could have saved that. Went with the wrong hand. Um, mm. But I would be harsh yeah. to criticise him. For that. I wouldn't have criticised him for that. Because yeah, that was a great goal. Again, and you've Yann, got to look at Yann the percentages. I look at the percentages. I think first of all, you can you can tell when it's a mistake or when it's a really really good save right off the yeah. bat. But you look at it and you you say, would how many goalkeepers in the world save that shot? And Courtois would have caught it. We know that much. But, but how many and I, I'd say most of them wouldn't and that's what you sort of judge it off of um, or you just judge it off of Courtois according to Neville he just screams Courtois would have saved him wow, what's, got, what's going on <laughs> um, <laughs> the way he seems to love Courtois but hates every other goalkeeper ever <laughs> does, it make it, does it make it even worse that he wears uh, short sleeves with a, a Under Armour uh, mm. like, I don't. I, I think he's very similar to Joe Hart, isn't he? He kind of makes like, you know, he seems to. Except for, like, except for Hart's got cabbages for hands. I, I actually thought like it, there was at times his distribution. <laughs> as I thought there was times his distribution throughout the tournament have been good. Obviously, yesterday he threw a few out out like off the pitch or kicked a few off the park. And I was like, mm. I got he was trying to put the tacks together. Because one brilliant one actually he played it way out to uh, Trippier. I think he just took it down on his chest. It was it was lovely, but I think is he's similar to Joe Hart in terms of you know like the way he commands and the way he's obviously like he's quite acrobatic and he's quite you know you could could tell he's not quite a Peter Shilton, but he's got him he's got he's got a lot about him anyway that me that should put him in good stead. But he does come with that price tag as well. He was like thirty million or something Everton paid for him, so yeah. they expect mm. you know he had a pretty decent season for Everton given the fact they were shite, but. Um, I think he um well, uh, I I've uh, yeah I I I think he's been very good, um but we'll see we'll see how he we'll see how he handles it on the big game on Wednesday. I'm calling it now. He's ha- he's having his Joe Hart slash slash eh, he's having his uh, Rob Green, uh, Scott Carson moment on on Wednesday night. Oh, against he's Croatia, having it. of course. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, yes, Croatia again. That was one of the greatest. Oh, and oh, Paul Robinson as well. Rob- way. That, that was hard. That, that bo- there's nothing you can do, yeah, but it took a huge <laughs> hit off the floor. It's Neville's fault. I look forward to uh, Billich bringing that one up on Wednesday. <laughs> Croatia must have a good record against England, just thinking about that. They, they do. Yeah. They, they, yeah they, um, although Walcott put in a hat-trick against them in qualifying one year. I remember he hammered them. Jesus Christ. 5-0 or something. Really yeah, and we did the double over them. Yeah, yeah, we did in the the non the, the final. Oh god, that was grim. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the last semi finalists will be Belgium because they beat Brazil two one. This was quite a good game, Matt, wasn't it? 
Uh, yes, I actually I I missed most of oh. it, uh, but I've seen it. I've seen it back since the highlights. Yeah. Um, I was actually sitting in Barcelona airport and I heard a big roar go up and I was like, oh, what's that? Like I'm missing the football. I was looking for a pub, and two guys had, had I think they they either paid for the internet in the in the airport and just had it on their computers or the, or it was the, the internet. So there was a gathering just around. There's all these Brazilians and you saw a few of them like crying. It's like what's happening? It's gone two 0 It's like honestly, like you, you could believe the, the. It's just exactly what you see on the on the TV with our with Brazilian fans. Like they are, they they're so passionate, but they just ball their eyes out if they're getting beat. And um, despite the fact that I do like Brazil, like, over years I've always just loved watching Brazil at World Cups and that. I'm so pleased that Belgium turned them over. Um, I'm, I was rooting for Belgium the whole time, uh, mainly because I really like the Belgium team. And I also hate Neymar. I can't like Neymar, but um, it was uh, it was very it was a different side to Belgium, I think, as well to what we'd seen. I think they they obviously got spooked against Japan last week, uh, and they were obviously on the verge of going out, and then they they ended up coming back, winning it. And I think they've just been given such a lift from that that the Brazil game there was just nothing stopping them. And when they got the two goals in the first half, they they managed to defend well, although Brazil should have had a penalty. Um, company uh, taking out um, who was it? Was it Jesus? Jesus, no, yeah. Jesus, yeah. Um, that was, and I couldn't believe it wasn't given, given the fact they went to VAR. But um, I thought I, I don't really get why that wasn't given. But um, yeah, Johnny, can you understand why it wasn't given? Because I couldn't get my head around it. Um, to be fair, I didn't think it was a penalty at the time. I thought it was. I thought Jesus had actually ran into company, and then I watched it again the next day, and I was, and then. I don't know. I just looked like a different replay. Yeah, and I seen it the next day. I was like, okay. But they see every they see every angle. It's like it was just. Yeah. But no, I, maybe because the ball it wasn't really going anywhere. But that's the only sort of thing. Was it already out of play? I don't potentially, know. nah, it wasn't out. No, yeah, the only thing you can potentially say is the clear and obvious. But it's just the clear and obvious thing is just an excuse now for terrible decisions not being yeah. overturned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get oh well, it wasn't clear and obvious. And then, mm-hmm. considering some of the ones they have given, like the Iran penalty against Portugal, mm-hmm. you know, but I've, I've not hated VR at this tournament as much as I did in the, in the Bundesliga last season, where it was genuinely <laughs> ruining the enjoyment of games completely. Um, penalty's been awarded five minutes into the half time break, <laughs> and stuff like that. I've <laughs> not what? seen that. Yeah, have you? Was, that, was that not when they took the players back out from the. Yeah, the players yeah. were in the dressing room. They had to take yeah. them back out. I've ne- I've never seen farce like it. Um, <laughs> a farce. <laughs> a farce. <sighs> yeah, but um, <laughs> unfortunately, we've not seen any of that. Hopefully, that happens. That World Cup final, England the final whistle goes, and then five minutes into their celebrations, they uh, Belgium get awarded a penalty for a shirt tug in the eighty-sixth minute. That's what the, that's what the Premier League get for not taking it on next year. It's- are <laughs> the Bundesliga keeping it? Yeah, I think so. As I far know, as I know, yeah. yeah, Italy have got it as well in France. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. I'm sure the FA Cup will be fun to watch again. Um, <laughs> sorry, we've gone off topic again. It's also mm. a bit bloody far, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Seen right. a report saying that Scotland might be their their officials might be banned from tournaments until they get it, but Jeez. that just seems what? like another excuse for just shite referees. I think, Johnny. Yeah. Surely not, because there's refs there that hadn't used it before, ever. Yeah, exactly. Um, Stop it. Obviously, refs from 
all sorts of countries, Uruguay and stuff, and um, they don't use it on a regular basis, so that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just mm-hmm. seen it. Let's put it in there. Um, yeah, well, don't say it next time. <laughs> <laughs> what a header from Renato Augusto. Yeah. For Brazil. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was very good. Um, shouldn't have got in that position. Dead or bad, I would have marked him out the game, I'd imagine. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was good. I, I think, you know, he, he brought him on, didn't he? He came off the bench. Mm-hmm. He, he hadn't been on long. I think Brazil's, I mean, Jesus had a good game, I think, in the last 16. I know I'm going off a wee bit here, but it's funny that their team's almost been pretty predictable throughout. Like, we always know that Paulinho is going to come off, and it's either going to be for Fernandinho or, well, say. Uh, Augusto came on and yeah very good header and then that gave them a they, you know they nearly stole I was going to say stole a point there but obviously it's not a point it's <laughs> uh, with Neymar's effort in the last few minutes it was a great yeah. save from Courtois but I think um, yeah I think the damage had, had almost been done a little bit I, I know they came back into it but it hadn't really you know Belgium still still stood their ground and, and did well so um yeah, fair play to to Belgium and unlucky Brazil, I suppose. Hmm. Um, how far do you see Belgium going, Donny? <laughs> I think they will lose to France. That's my prediction. As I said at the start of the tournament, I think France mm. at the start of the podcast. I think France will win the tournament from here. Mm. Uh, my only worry is that Deschamps is manager. I still worry about it. I still think there's a. Mm. I don't know, I still think there's a sort of weak underbelly to France. They they have the potential to play really poorly. Um, Belgium, as we've seen against Japan, can be exposed. Croatia have been exposed a few times, but um, England are probably the team in the in the last four that have played most consistently the whole <clears throat> the whole way through the tournament. You know what to expect from them. They've been solid, hard to break down. Um, from that point of view. You would probably say you're. No, they're not the favourites, but, um. You know the, the you know what you're gonna get, and. I don't know what to say them without saying they're the favourites, mm-hmm. and they've not been the, the best team out of the four, but they have been the most consistent team out of the four potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, who ta- who, sorry, who are you talking about? England, or Belgium? Yeah, I think they probably have been the most consistent team of the four. England, I think, have been the most consistent team of the four. Um, well, Belgium, you know, have every Belgium have been mm-hmm. kind of yeah. against Japan. They were exposed, and yeah. they really shouldn't have been. I mean, because that Japan team are are really scrappy, yeah. and they are really. I think uh, Martin Keown just kept describing them as buzzing bees, which he did, by the way, on the radio the day before the game as well. So he actually described them as buzzing bees three times in in twenty four hour period. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's not going. wrong. Like, oh, he just breathed in the mic as well. <laughs> but they are kind of even their centre halves. Japan, yeah. they're not. They don't have any big players at all. Yeah. And you know what I'm going to say? Say it's going track. I was right. The, the only reason Japan lost is because of genetics. Simple as that. Jesus. And Kawashima <laughs> and Kawashima. <laughs> So Belgium just went right. We're not mucking about anymore. Fellaini's big. Chadley's big. They're on. And Japan <laughs> okay. just no, do not have I, big players. How can you That's expect a genetic a cost a Japan Lukaku? He's like 
an absolute bully on the part. He's, but then mm. he's like six feet four or whatever he is, and he's huge. And then obviously he's Fellini as well. This can't difficult to mark. But um, yeah, yeah. Japan just went for it though, didn't they? That was it was really it was good class. to watch. It, it they, just, felt like just... they needed the third, didn't they? They all felt like right. We need yeah. to go. But there was, was still so much up time. And they just had yeah. no plan. There's no plan. Defend the lead. It was brilliant. It was so, I mean, <laughs> I, I, it shouldn't have happened. But um, yeah, Belgium are Belgium are exciting to watch. I think I think the I hope it's like an open, expansive game. Like I just hope both teams just go for it. Like it's the Argentina game, all Argentina France all over again. Um, mm. That that would be brilliant. But um, I I I fancy I fancy Belgium. I think that France have got a better collective team. But when you look at, I, I still think actually, despite how good company is I actually still think they're they're quite exposed with them in the middle of the part there uh, in the middle of the three um, if they play it that way which they, I think they have been because um, he's he's a very obviously a very good centre half but I think he will struggle against Mbappe um, mm. the pace of Mbappe Griezmann as well like he's he, he's he's absolutely fantastic um, as well and he the good thing is like they've got Scott they've got players that could Hit them from anywhere, both teams, and obviously Griezmann got a, a huge slice of luck against Uruguay. But uh, De Bruyne's goal for me was actually one of the goals of the tournament. I know it probably will go down as one of the goals, but I think it's been better. Some of the ones that have hit, ended up in the top bin. I just think the technique on it was first class. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are weaknesses. Even despite Cortez a very good keeper, he's had he's made mistakes. Um, he's the best keeper well. in the world in Gary Neville's world. <laughs> he's he's tall, and that's the main thing. Yeah, but he's he struggles he struggles to get down low for shots though, much mm. more than De Gea does. Or, um, so De, De Gea doesn't know where his near post is. That's his big problem. Yeah, yeah. it's like Mark Lawrence on this podcast. I've just been complaining about things uh, unreasonably. Yeah. Just complaining about Jordan Pickford. He's he's got his big moment, best game of his life. I'm I'm there like that. Nah, it's not even that good. It's not even that good. Just just wisen up. Just get, get your head screwed back on. Uh, you're gonna make a mistake on Wednesday. You're not even that good. Um, and then just just damaging everyone's confidence. Really, um, it's been quite enjoyable. I think my point sure on England, by the way, was just that, yeah. Well. You know, you might you might know we've got some good tactical advice against ahead of, ahead of Croatia. Now he knows that Croatia, you know, they 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 they're probably going to try and dominate midfield. So we might be able to pass on the message. <laughs> um, but no, I think England. What's trying to say is they're the only team out of this these four that haven't yet been exposed. Mm-hmm. That would be, I think, because Belgium against Japan, France against, well, France for almost the entire group stage, bar Peru, and. Uh, Who's the other team? Croatia, who've obviously not been fantastic in the knockout rounds at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think England are the one team that have not really stepped down a gear yet. Mm. Fingers crossed it's Wednesday night then. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not gonna we're we're all we're all we all absolutely despise England on the podcast. We're all completely <laughs> anti English. Apparent Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nah, but there's obviously nothing against England, but I think we all probably, well, us three anyway, we're not speaking for everyone, like, but Fisher's a big uh, England fan. All of, a, all of a sudden, every two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, nah. we're, we're, these, these views, we're, we're going to have to put something in, the, in our Twitter bios. 
England <laughs> hate does rep does not represent podcast. <laughs> right to round this show up, this brilliant show up, we will just a quick prediction of what's going to happen on Tuesday and Wednesday night. Matthew, France, Belgium. How's it happen? Well, how's it going? Well, I've talked about Belgium tonight, as I have France, but I think it's going to go. I think it's going to finish in ninety minutes. Um, I think, Jesus, I think. Right, I'm, ha- I'm going to say Belgium. I'm going to say Belgium are going to do it, and they're going to win three two. The goals are plenty. Oh, wow. Goals are plenty in ninety minutes as well. Where, mm. um, yeah, three <laughs> two in ninety minutes. Stunning. Hey, it's three, two, four, minutes already. Just saying. Not, not sitting on any fences on this podcast, at least. I've got to go, got to go mm. for it. I'm, I'm clutching at straws here for the uh, predictor. I've still got a chance, I think. So, um, well, I probably don't. Mm. But. <laughs> Johnny, I That's will Belgium. go for. <laughs> I just said we're not sitting on the fence, so I suppose I'll say one-one and France to win it in extra time, two-one. Mm. Um. You won an England prediction just now as well. Yeah, you can start. You can kick off the ball, Croatia. Oh, t- 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 Tom, what about you? Actually, um, yeah. I don't like making predictions because I no, do often, c- often on. get them wrong. Oh. But I'll say good, good. Just so I stay away from it in the predictor for. Uh, yeah, that's not going very well, is it? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think France Belgium will finish. Two 0 France. Ooh. By the way, be... talking about predictions. Um, you see how Lawrence Mark Lawrenson does his like BBC <laughs> World Cup predi- predictions. Yeah. See his quarterfinal predictions. Oh no! An, an, an article came out with his four World Cup quarterfinal predictions, and I predicted what his predictions would be, and I got three out of four spot on. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the only one I got wrong was Brazil Belgium, which he said two one Brazil, and I said he would say two 0 Brazil. Uh, oh no! I said two one. He said two 0 Sorry, three goals was too much for him. Yeah, I think he went two 0 England, which was right enough to be fair. Um, and then one one. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe Croatia two 0 and one one in the other game or something. Just the most Mark Lawrence thing. He only knows three score lines. I think. <laughs> Matt, do you know another score line for England Croatia? Um, I have. I'm gonna go one-one with England and Croatia, and it's gonna. I think it's gonna go. It's gonna go all the way. Somehow, Croatia are gonna do another 120 minutes, um, and they are gonna beat England on penalties. There's my prediction. Oh God! There is my prediction, uh-huh. uh, and I will happily not put money on it and sit back and watch it happen. In fact, I won't be at it because I won't be watching it. I'll be keeping tabs on it from. The Tulk Caledonian Stadium as I bring play pre-season football up at Inverness. Mm, nice, excited right. for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited actually. Except I've not seen the team yet. I'm just back from mm. all this, so I don't actually. I need. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll be keeping tabs on England the first half anyway before the thick of mm. it happens. At... Yeah, League Cup the, starts soon as well. It's the same Sorry. situation for me on Tuesday. I'm at Alawa mm. on Tuesday, so I'll miss France Belgium. Mm. Which is, I, I mean, you've got the better of the semi-finals. There's no doubt about that. What? Well, you gotta watch the the France Belgium game. Oh I yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get, I get watch England. 
I'm going to watch England beat Croatia 1-0 with a dodgy header from a penalty. Uh, from a header from a penalty. I actually would not surprise me. <laughs> That's all that's missing. I'm actually yeah. like chipping up a penalty and nodding one in. No, it'll be England 1-0. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. 74th minute header from... Uh, let's have a think who's scoring this. Stones John Stones. John Stones. Comes, the ball Fourth. comes in. Um, Vida headers it. It hits John Stones <laughs> in the knee and then hits him in the chin and rolls in. 1-0 England. So there you have it, folks. It's going to be 3-3 Croatia-England then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On that note, thank you, Johnny Clark. Thanks very much, Tom. It's been mm. a very interesting... And apologies to all the listeners for just being Mark Lawrence for the last hour. <laughs> Pleasure as always, and a very special thank you to Matt for coming on so soon after I get back from holiday. Thank you, uh, Tom. Thanks for having us on. Maybe on before the end of the se- end of the tournament. Mm. Right, and thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll speak to you soon. We'll hopefully speak to you before the World Cup final. If not, we'll definitely speak to you after. Be it as a World Cup podcast or back into the league season. Mm-hmm.